are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It was a tale of two halves last night in Chicago. The Sacramento Kings absolutely dreadful on both ends of the floor in the first 24 minutes. The second 24 minutes, though, half number two, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald arrived. The Kings tend to go where Fox and Heald take them, and they defeat the Chicago Bulls thanks to a nice second-half effort and a fantastic third quarter, 108-89 to the final. Make it 3-1 and on the four-game road trip, and now the boys are coming home to start the 13-game stretch of doom. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for anything Sacramento Kings conversation related, interviews, in-depth analysis, conversation, highlights, your takes, my takes. We have it all right here for you on Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your hub uh, for all sports coverage. If you're looking for Locked On NBA and NBA-wide coverage, that's your place. Locked On Fantasy Basketball for you fantasy lovers. If you're a football fan, Locked On NFL, Locked On MLB. We also have Locked On College Sports. You're in the right place. Check it out. Spread your wings, but remember to always come back to where it all started, at least for you, Locked On Kings, which is the number one podcast for the number one team and the number one fan base in all of professional sports. My name is Matt George. Hello, welcome. I work from Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. And if you listened to KHDK last night, you would have heard the G-man Gary Gerald call a very... uh, a uh, lopsided game in a lot of ways, and lopsided not by the the final score by one team being a lot better than the other, but lopsided by the Kings's performance. I mean, two separate teams really that we saw from the Kings. That first half Kings team that was really isolation heavy, forcing bad shots, not taking advantage of turnovers, and then the second half Kings that their two young scores and stars in the backcourt led the team to a much needed victory and a a victory that they should have gotten. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm the optimist here in Sacramento and proud to be the optimist for the Sacramento Kings team. But after that first half wrapped up, I w- my blood was boiling watching it at home just the frustration of not necessarily a lack of effort from this Kings team, but you could tell they were done. I mean, they just they had had enough of the road trip. It was the fourth and final game coming off of the loss to the Indiana Pacers where they didn't shoot well from three-point range. They started shooting awful uh, from three-point range again. This team just looked like they were out of gas, ready to come home, ready to end this road trip and get back into their own homes and get back into their own beds and, and get back into their own building uh, for the start of this 13-game uh, this stretch. With the fact, regardless of how they got it done – with the first half being ugly, the fact that the Kings went 3-1 and one on this road trip is something to celebrate. Had a good chance to go 4-0, and oh, just could not defeat uh, the Indiana Pacers, which were the only playoff team and really good team that they faced on this road trip, but they do manage to beat the three teams that they were supposed to beat on paper, which is a huge step forward uh, for this young club that is still developing. The second 3-1 and one road trip already this season, uh, which is fantastic. Kings have, I believe, eight wins now on the road, which is a colossal number for a young team that is trying to build, trying to develop, and trying to trend upward. We're going to break down the numbers from this game, my thoughts on this game, get your thoughts on this game as well, and you can share your thoughts at any time on Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. If you want to reach me, you can also tweet using the hashtag LockedOnKings. Uh, you can also email me if you're not on social media or want to 
have a more private conversation. I get into great email conversations with so many of you, and it's not just I'm going to respond and that's it. We will talk. We'll go back and forth because this platform is just as much of your platform as it is mine. Uh, so you can also reach me via email, mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. Before we break down this game and to get into all the juicy details, why don't you listen to some of the highlights, courtesy of the G-man, Gary Gerald, on Sports 1140 KHDK, the Sacramento Kings radio network. Ahead to Fox on the right wing this time. The belly straightaway fakes the three, now drives on Markinen, hangs in the lane, a little floater, no good. Stick back, Willie Cauley-Stein. Powered it down. Timed it beautifully in the low right side of the paint. He's going to have to tighten up that interior defense. Here's Bagley teeing up a straightaway three ball. Nothing but net for Marvin Bagley. Dropping the triple that time. And for the rookie, that's the ninth one he's made in 25 attempts this season. Lopez and Stein having a holding and shoving match. Jaeger hollering at the officials about that. Here's Lopez down the left baseline using the off arm. How much latitude are they going to give him? And he scores it. That's disgusting. Boylan, of course, loves it. The Bulls fans love it. Chicago on a 6-0 run. They've got a double-digit lead now. Another turnover. Fox to heel. Buddy's open in the corner. He doesn't look to shoot it. He looks to give it up. He's smothered right now by Holiday. The Collie Stein back to heel. Swings to Shumpert. He's open for three. He's got the triple. And suddenly the Kings, who were down as many as 14 on a 13-3 run, making it a two-point game at 66-64. Kings, Buddy heel. Wide open. Right wing for three. He's got the bucket. The Kings have taken the lead. It is only the second lead change of the ball game. Sacramento has come from 14 down. They lead 75-74. Just over a minute and a half left in the quarter. And drops it off to Buddy Heel. Transition three, Buddy Buckets. He's got the triple. Oh, what a sweet shot that was by Buddy Heel. Oh, my goodness. Kings now have made their 10th three-pointer. They've come to life. Fox feeling it. Steps left. Launches for three. Heel to the rim and out. Chased by Fox. He throws to the corner to heel. Eludes one defender. Three seconds to go. Shovels back to the corner. Fox for three. Got the triple. And the King's bench erupts in a huge burst of excitement and energy. What a finish to the quarter by Sacramento. Goes to Shumpert. Back now to Buddy. Adjusts, steps back, launches for three, and cracks the twine again. Buddy Buckets from downtown now has 14. He's four of eight from distance, five of 10 on the night. What a difference from the first half to the second half for the starting guard combination of Field and Fox. And out to Bogey, uncovered for the triple. He's got another one. Bogdan Bogdanovich with his second rainbow of the night. He's got 13 points. Kings have broken it open. They've got the separation they wanted. Two and a half minutes to go. It's 103 to 86. Holiday off the curl, shooting for three. No good. Markin had had it. Was knocked away by the Kings. Quali Stein grabbed by Heel. Skip pass cross court. Bogey feeling it. Going for another one. He's got another one. How about that? The Kings have now equaled their season high in three-point makes at 16 after they were struggling mightily in the first half from distance. They now lead it 106-86. Now, here's a steal by Buddy Heal. He races up the floor, puts on the brake, shot clock's off. He'll pull it back out with a half smile on his face. And that will be turnover number 27 tonight by the Bulls. And Chicago, after regrouping, after looking so strong all season long, end up getting buried by the Kings. 108-89 is the final. The Kings end this game outscoring their opponent 57-26.
36 to 18 and 27 to 15. The Sacramento Kings held the Chicago Bulls to just 33 points in the second half after giving up 56 in the first half. Kings scored only 19 points in quarter number two, but really the second half is when it came uh, together. The Kings came alive, and a lot of it has to do with the play of De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. De'Aaron Fox finished with 25 points, leading the Kings in scoring, but 23 of those 25 points came in the second half. He finished plus 17 on the night, which is fantastic. He did turn the ball over four times, which is something he has to improve on because he's getting a little more sloppy with the ball uh, than he has been in the past. However, he did have six assists and four steals, which was fantastic. Also a block for De'Aaron Fox, and a lot of those steals came in the second half, and that's what sparked the Kings to really get out and transition and wake De'Aaron Fox up. And you could see he got back-to-back steals at one point early on in the third quarter. One led to a dunk, uh, and the other one led to either another dunk or a layup. I can't quite remember. But back-to-back possessions, getting steals, and Fox getting out and scoring just seemed to wake him up. And then Buddy Heald comes in off the bench after just a a horrible first half uh, and provides immediate scoring uh, for the Kings in that second half with that second unit. He was over from three-point range in the first half, finished four of nine from three-point range uh, for the game, which is amazing. Marvin Bagley was fantastic in that first half, and he was a major reason why the Sacramento Kings were as close as they were going into halftime. Because quite frankly, the Kings weren't taking advantage of Chicago's turnovers whatsoever. Chicago finished the game uh, with over 20 turnovers. I think it was like 22 or 23 turnovers uh, they finished the game with. And the Kings just weren't taking advantage with them at all. Sorry, they finished the game with 27 turnovers. And the Kings finished with only 25 points off those 27 turnovers. And to put that in perspective, the Bulls were really more clinical capitalizing up off of Kings' mistakes the entire night because the Kings turned the ball over 18 times and the Bulls scored 31 points off those 18 turnovers. But the Kings struggled to get out in fast break. They had only six or eight fast break points at the end of the first half, finished with 18 for the game, so did a better job in half number two of getting out in transition. A lot of that has to do with the steals by De'Aaron Fox and him just taking it to that next gear. But like I said, the first half was fantastic for Marvin Bagley. He was perfect on his first five shots, finished for the game with plus 18, 16 points, and only a couple of rebounds. Willie Cauley-Stein had a great game on the boards. He finished with a big double-double, 11 points and 16 rebounds for Willie. Also had three steals, so Willie Cauley-Stein's doing a better job. Didn't get any blocks, which I know frustrates people, but he's doing a better job at least cutting off passes, getting a hand in there, and frustrating big men as they try and work on him in the post or in the uh, in the pick and roll. So there's improvement in Willie's game defensively, and we've seen it, especially during this road trip. The gripe that I have with this game, other than the fact that, look, the first half was way too isolation heavy. The Kings were forcing turnovers by the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls were also just turning the ball over by themselves, regardless of if the Kings were playing defense or not. And the Kings were just coming back the other way and resulting to their offense, essentially, for the first 24 minutes, And it was making me pull my hair out at home, and I know Dave Yeager was frustrated about it. In fact, you could visibly see him frustrated on the sidelines. The Kings' offense consisted of a high pick and roll with two players standing in the corners and one player standing in the wing. And the Kings would try and force a bad shot, or then if there's nothing there, a point guard would move it to either Iman Shumpert or Buddy Heald or Bogdan Bogdanovich or Nemanja Bielitsa, what have you. And then they would be forced to create basically a tough shot in isolation. The ball movement wasn't there. Nobody was rotating off the ball, which speaks to just the fatigue mentally and physically at the end of this four-game road trip. And now four games doesn't seem very long, uh, and to us sitting 
sitting comfortably on our couches at home, we can say, oh, it's just four games. It's not that big of a deal. But to them, you have to understand just the grind, the preparation, moving from city to city, flying a lot. The weather that they've been going through, the drastic change in weather going from Phoenix to uh, to Indiana, Chicago, it's cold. Uh, it's just a lot of things compile into mental and physical exhaustion at the end of a long road trip. Think about either when you go on vacation or when you go on a business trip, right? Even if you're going to a nice place and even if you're staying in a nice hotel and you're well taken care of, typically by the end, you're you're ready to get home. And when you do get home or during those flights home or those, those final flights jumping from city to city or wherever you're going, uh, you, 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 you're jet lagged, right? You're just dragging down. You're, you're just tired. You're, you're achy. You're just ready to be home. And that's what it looked like the Kings were in that first half. They snapped out of it in half number two and recognized, look, we're playing a bad team. We're getting embarrassed really by this bad team. We need to take care of our business here and we need to get going in the second half. And that's what they were able to do thanks to Fox and Heald. I need to see more, though, from this Kings team, someone to step up when Fox and Heald are not playing as well as they can. Now, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich provided 16 points off of the bench on 6 of 13 shooting, but teams also recognize that when Fox and, and, and Buddy aren't in the game and Bogey is, Bogey's going to be their main source of offense, and the ball's going to be running through him. And you have to give the Chicago Bulls defense a lot of credit. Now, remember, they were coming off of a 53-point loss at home. So they were looking to uh, to avenge that, prove that that's really not who they were. Uh, and they were playing with a lot of energy, especially on the defensive end. And I really appreciate how everybody with that Bulls organization, from the players on the bench to the players on the floor to the coaching staff, were up. They were communicating. They were rotating hard, making the extra effort. And it really bothered the Kings in the first half and early on in the third quarter. However, once the Kings started getting out in transition before the Bulls defense could set up, and with the fact that the Bulls were giving 110% defensively through the first half and and some change in the third quarter, you could see them start to tire out and the Sacramento Kings took advantage. Now, once the Kings brought it back to even and then took a slight lead, it took the wind completely out of the sails of Chicago and they couldn't muster anything offensively in that second half. And that's why the final score looked as lopsided as it did with 108 to 89. But the Bulls were in control uh, and, and were the better team for the majority of this game. The Kings did what a lot of good teams do in the second half. And they just said, all right, you know what? It's time for us to take control take over and prove that we're the better team and they did that and it's refreshing that the Kings were able to do that to me it's frustrating though that you went through these uh, this much of a struggle in the first half against a bad team because with the games that the Kings have coming up and we're going to talk about this 13 game road trip or sorry 13 game stretch in just a second a lot of them being at home but if you come out that slow and that sloppy and that sluggish against really good teams like they're going to be facing here in the Western Conference in this road trip, you're going to be down so far early that even if you do wake up in the second half, you're already you're already down and you're pretty much out. You're climbing out of too deep of a hole without a ladder or a rope, right? The Kings were lucky that they were playing the Chicago Bulls, playing as bad as they were, and still within 14, 12, 10 points because Chicago is just not a good team. If you do that against the Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, you're going to be down 20, 25 points at halftime. And then even if you do wake up in the second half, it's going to require the run of ages to even make it a 10-point game. 
and then you still have to make up that ground against a really good team. So that's something where mentally this team still needs to improve, still needs to get better, get over the hump, battle through uh, that that roadblock, that frustration, that fatigue of the end of a road trip coming off of a tough loss. Just battle through that and recognize that you need to get... Doug Christie said it best on the broadcast last night if you watched on TV. He said good teams are able to recognize this is a very winnable game regardless of the situation. We need to go out and get this win tonight because we are the better team. Kings didn't look like they had that mentality in the first half, adapted it in that second half. So looking for players to step up when Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox are sluggish. And then I'm looking at De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald uh, to be able to consistently maintain a level of energy, professionalism, uh, and an overall attack mindset regardless of if it's coming at the end of a road trip, at the beginning of a road trip, off of injuries, whatever. When Fox and Buddy Heald are on the floor, the Kings need them to attack, 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 and they need them to be focused, and they just were not in that first half. Ultimately, though, the Chicago Bulls did get good performances out of Zach Levine, who finished with 19 points. Laurie Markkinen had 13. Uh, so the Bulls aren't as bad, honestly, as their 6-22 and record indicates, in my opinion. They do have a lot of talent. Uh, they're just dealing with a lot of um, frustrations, uh, a lot of just drama, unfortunately, uh, with that team. And, and it's a bummer because Laurie Markkinen's a great young player. I'm a big fan of Zach Levine. I would have loved for him to be here in Sacramento. I'm okay that he's not, and the Kings aren't paying that massive salary that uh, that he has. But I like Zach Levine as a player. There is talent on this Bulls roster, and I don't think they're as far away uh, from becoming a good or decent team as many think that they are. I'd certainly put them ahead of the Phoenix Suns right now. I'd certainly put them ahead of the Atlanta Hawks, and I'd also really put them ahead... Uh, of even the the Brooklyn Nets, who haven't been horrific, but the Chicago Bulls, to me, have a, a lot of talent and can turn this around pretty quickly. So maybe uh, a high draft pick is exactly what they need to get themselves back into the uh, into the right side of things in the Eastern Conference. We know how wide open the Eastern Conference is, but good on the Sacramento Kings, at least in the second half, uh, to change the game, to take advantage, just limit the turnovers, come out stronger in the first half, establish yourself more offensively in the first half, get out in transition, and this game shouldn't have been close the entire game, just like the, uh, the the Phoenix Suns one was. But the Kings, 3-1 and one on the road trip, which is absolutely fantastic. Like I said earlier, regardless of how you got it, you got it. 3-1 and one road trip is phenomenal for any young team. You're two games over 500, and now you are returning home for a meeting with the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday, and that's game one of this 13-game stretch of doom. Thirteen game stretch of doom is an understatement. The amount of games against tough opponents that the Kings have coming up, the remainder of December is really, really difficult. Now, I said that December the schedule gets easier after that really tough eleven game stretch they had in November, and and it was true because of the this early road trip that they they went on. The Kings recognized the fact that they played a lot of bad teams or bottom teams over this four-game road trip stretch, and they took advantage. They got they went 3-1 and one once again like they did at the beginning of the season. They won the games they should have won and were supposed to win. Now, now they go into a big stretch where they're playing 
all Western Conference opponents. And we know that there's only one bad team in all of the Western Conference. It's the Phoenix Suns. Well, unfortunately, during this 13-game stretch, the Kings are not playing the Suns. The good news is they still have three more matchups uh, with Phoenix coming later on. So it's not like they're done and they've gotten all their easy games out of the way. But they've beaten Minnesota already in their own building. They'll have the chance to do that on Wednesday. And then they have Golden State on Friday. Following that, they go back on the road trip uh, on the road for a brief two-game set. At Dallas against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, it'll be the first time seeing the Kings taking on Luka, so that should be a very fun and painful night uh, for a lot of Kings fans. Brace yourself, it's going to be interesting. And then they're back in Minnesota for a meeting with the Timberwolves again, so that'll already be three meetings with Minnesota after Monday, December 17th. Then they're back at home for a three-game set against Oklahoma City, which they've beaten twice already this season. The Memphis Grizzlies, which they've beaten once this season. And the New Orleans Pelicans, which they have yet to beat. Then they're on the road go into L.A. to take on the Clippers, come back home to take on the Lakers, then go on the road to take on the Lakers, and that ends 2018. Now, heading into 2019, then they have Portland, Denver, Golden State at home, and that ends that 13-game stretch. So, again, going through really quickly, these are the 13 games that the Kings coming up from now until the very early parts of January. Minnesota, Golden State, Dallas, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Memphis, New Orleans, LA, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, or sorry, LA Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, Portland Trailblazers, Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors. So you have the Lakers twice, you have the Warriors twice, you have the Timberwolves twice, and then sprinkle in another really, or a couple really good Western Conference teams amongst that. You're, you're not playing a bad team during this stretch. The worst team that you're taking on really is Minnesota. And they're looking for a little bit of revenge after the fact that the Kings have beaten them. Remember, the Kings beat them, and then the, that or the next morning they traded Jimmy Butler. So this is a different Minnesota Timberwolves team that's looking to avenge that loss. So that'll be a good matchup here on Wednesday. There are a lot of. I don't think this is a unwinnable stretch. I think the Kings can win a handful of games in this stretch. A lot of these teams that they're playing, they've already beaten and looked good against. But it's certainly going to be difficult. And this is really going to be the stretch where we see if this team can sink or swim. As it takes the Kings into early January, this is where I'm going to find out, okay, is this team legitimately taking a shot at the playoffs? Because I said I wanted to see the Kings head into 2019 around 500. And if they are able to do that, then I'm all ahead full. I'm willing to go for it saying, all right. We're going to look at this trade deadline and see what pieces can we add. We're going for an 8th seed or a 7th seed. Even if it's a quick exit from the playoffs, we're going for it because we deserve to go for it because we managed to sift through a very difficult schedule and a very difficult end of 2018 and still come out reasonably on top. So, in my opinion, the Sacramento Kings need to go at least 6-7 and through this 13-game stretch. Now, realistically, they could go 5-8 and eight and still be at 500, but 6-7 and seven seems like a reasonable goal, which means you get either one or both of the Minnesota games. I'm looking for the Kings to get the Oklahoma City game at home because they just have owned the Thunder this season. I'm looking for them to get the Memphis game at home again because you've already beaten the Grizzlies in your own building. I'm looking for them to beat the New Orleans Pelicans at home. I'm really looking at these games at home for you to find and steal some wins. I'm looking for the Kings to beat the Portland Trailblazers at home. And then you got to get one of these games against the Los Angeles Lakers, either the one at home on December 27th or the one in L.A. on December 30th. So there are winnable, winnable games, a handful of winnable games in there. Now, I also believe that the Kings can beat the Golden State Warriors, especially in Sacramento on Friday, December 14th. 
Golden State Warriors are a great team, but the Kings tend to play really, really well against the Warriors when they play in Sacramento. Now, we all know the Kings have already matched up against the Golden State Warriors and nearly won that game in Golden State early on. They just couldn't control uh, the defensive rebound to close that game out. Now, the Warriors were also very shorthanded in that game. Steph Curry is sent back, uh, so the Warriors are going to be stronger heading into this matchup on December 14th, this Friday, which is going to be great. I hope to see you out there at the Golden 1 Center. Winnable games here. Go 6-7. and seven. If you can go 6-7, and seven, you make it through this stretch, you get into a matchup with the Orlando Magic on Monday, January 7th, one game over 500, a t- chance to make it two games over 500, and then look at this stretch after you get out of these 13 games, right? So you make it through that 13-game stretch of hell, and then you're at home against the Orlando Magic, very winnable game. You've already beaten them on the road. Then you're in Phoenix again. You smacked the Suns in Phoenix, so they shouldn't worry you. And then you're at home against Detroit, Charlotte, and Portland again before going on the road to the Eastern Conference again where you get Charlotte, Detroit, and Brooklyn. January is really an opportunity for the Kings if they can make it around 500, getting through the rest of December and into early January. Mid to late January is where they can really pick up some steam, really pick up some games, and create some separation from the pack and try and get to the 8th and 7th seed. Now, I'm looking really far ahead right now, so bear with me. I understand uh, that I'm, I, I might be reaching a little bit too far into the cookie jar with this one, but it... My point is, look at the season in stretches. If the Kings can make it through this 13-game stretch and be around 500, then I say go for it. Go as best as you can. Try and make an acquisition before the trade deadline and make a run for that 8th seed. And if truly you are looking to make a run for that 8th seed, you have a favorable schedule and a lot of winnable games and good opportunities and good matchups, especially against Eastern Conference opponents. And we all know the East is weaker than the West. A lot of good opportunity against weaker Eastern Conference opponents through January that can really help you make up some ground, make up some steam. Trying to not lose more than seven games. Realistically, you can lose more than eight. If the Kings lose more than eight games, I'll be very disappointed through this 13-game stretch, but this is really going to be the training ground, the testing ground to see how good this team really is and how legitimate are their playoff opportunities. A lot of these games are at home, which means I hope a lot of you will be heading out to support this team because they certainly deserve your support. If you are heading out to any of these games tomorrow, Friday, regardless, let me know. would love to meet you. I'm always out there at the Golden One Center, so let me know. You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can also email me MGeorgeAtSackLocalMedia.com. What record do you think the Kings are going to have through this 13-game stretch? What record would you love, and what record do you expect? It can be the same thing, or they can be two completely different things. Send those to me right now, MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or MGeorgeAtSackLocalMedia.com. If you're all on Instagram, also you can find me, Matt George, KHDK on Instagram. And then I'm on Facebook, Matt George. You should be able to see and recognize my uh, my profile picture there. So please, 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 please reach out. Become a part of the show. We will be back tomorrow. Have an interview planned with Colton, uh, who is the host of Locked on Timberwolves. So really looking forward to chatting with him about this, uh, this Timberwolves team. Uh, so you have that to look forward to on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, thank you so much for listening here today. Remember, uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, if there is an opportunity for you uh, to leave a review or share this podcast, please do that. helps us out a lot, uh, and it helps us improve just on a daily basis. That's what we're all about here, and we're all about bringing good, solid, happy, fun Kings coverage to you, the greatest NBA fans on the planet. Talk to you tomorrow. My name is Matt George. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.